0: Welcome to the British Online School podcast. Our first podcast of many. We'll be releasing one every Monday and Wednesday where we'll be talking to different professionals across different regions and we'll explain how education may or may not have helped them become the success they are. Now the British Online School, we are an online platform offering consistency to parents and students during this difficult time. We take the modern technologies and we fuse them together with traditional teaching values, creating the perfect environment for students to make that progress, work hard, and eventually become successful in whatever they wish to do. Today, we are going to discuss education and NFTs. Now, this is particularly exciting because we are the first school to accept payments with cryptocurrency. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome everyone to Professor Cardano. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. So, before we begin, a little bit about Professor Cardano. He was one of the first NFT projects to be released on the Cardano blockchain, and he's also one of the founding members of the website that seems to just be keeping it bigger and bigger and bigger at the moment, cnft.io. Now, cnft.io is a marketplace where you can buy or sell all the latest NFTs on the Cardano blockchain. There is currently over 85,000 NFTs up for sale and plus they've also created their own token, the CNFT token, which they've already sold 54 million of them. Professor, thank you for joining us and before we begin, could you possibly explain to us what an NFT is? Wow, okay,
1: so the best way to describe it would be a digital Pokemon card. I think everyone knows what a pokemon card is um so nft stands for non-fungible token so i guess the the technical definition is um where it's non-fungible it means it's a whole so uh it can't be it's not divisible so it's just one one thing like you have one passport it can't be divided up and shared among people you either own it or you don't um whereas you have fungible tokens which can be a fungible token is technically the, the crypto itself, like a Bitcoin is, could be um, I don't know, 0.001 of a Bitcoin. You just don't get that with NFTs. Um, and each NFT has its unique asset ID. Um, so every single one is unique to that that uh, asset.
0: Okay. And what can you explain to us, what is the difference between owning an NFT and then looking something up on Google Images thing? Because that seems to be the most common question I get asked, especially when I was explaining that I'm gonna be doing a podcast with an NFT creator. What is the difference there? The main difference would be,
1: yes, yeah, you can you can see these NFTs, but you don't own them. Um, and that's the whole point of of this. Like, we we now live in a digital world. The pandemic's probably pushed us forward into this online world where everyone's gone online, everyone's everyone's just had to adapt to this, this nature of one of those things. And, and imagine, like, we're only, we're only a few years into this, this crazy, like, internet sort of world, like, in the grand scheme of things. So can you imagine when you, when we were sort of in this Ready Player One type film, where you put on your VR goggles and you're in someone's house, you can, you can actually put an NFT on the wall and it'll be like actually having the Mona Lisa on your wall because it's the only one it's the unique uniqueness of it like i could just go online print a picture of the mona lisa out and stick it on my wall
0: but yeah. you all know that's
1: not the mona lisa um but with an nft you could go into someone's digital world and you could actually see that their their digital nft is on the wall and you know that they own it because there's only one of that nft
0: right okay that makes sense i like that idea of actually printing the mona lisa off and it on your wall I think that that did, that was a very good way of explaining it. Okay, so we've recently seen Visa pay out millions of pounds for an NFT on their logo as well. Um, so what's the difference between the one that Visa brought and your one bought? Because if I'm right, the Visa one was Ethereum and yours is a Cardano NFT. Is there a difference between the two? Yeah, there is. So um, Ethereum's a completely different blockchain.
1: Um, so we have, we have, obviously I'm, I'm on Cardano, as you, as you know, my name's Professor Cardano. Um, Ethereum was around before And the founder of Cardano Is called Charles Hoskinson um, He was also the founder of Ethereum But they A few founders sort of um, Went went their own direction And um, Charles has obviously made Cardano But um, Ethereum is a few steps ahead But as people Would know is uh, The gas fees which is the fee that you Pay to do a transaction Is extremely high It's not as, um, what's the word, beneficial to be on Ethereum because it costs you so much money to do any transaction. Um, And they recently had a London hard fork combinator, which means uh, basically the code changes um, or the way the blockchain is run has changed. And what happens now is um, you you might see it on some exchanges like Coinbase, you'll see Ethereum and then Ethereum 2.0. But what's happening at the moment is it's kind of splitting the chain in half. So some people want to stay on the original Ethereum, and some people want to move over to the the 2.0 Ethereum. Because what what the the 2.0 one well actually it burns the gas fee, so it's a depreciating asset now. Um, whereas before any gas fees was would be done by the node operators, so they would actually make make money from it. And obviously I think they still do, but it's just not as beneficial to them anymore. So obviously, with with this depreciating asset, the the value of the Ethereum should, in theory, go up, but the supply will go down. The more and more it is traded, if that makes if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, because obviously, if you're splitting the wealth over two different things, and I guess if they're split into two, they could possibly split into three and four. It's never going to reach the potential it should do. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Like, but what I, what I more meant was that. With the version two, where it burns the gas fees, it won't go back into the supply. Whereas on the first version, the, the gas yeah. fees would would maintain. Um, like I don't know what their market cap is. Um, let's say for example it's forty billion Ethereum. Obviously now they'll they'll be burning they'll be burning um, gas fees, which would mean that their total max supply would be like could be thirty nine billion next year, then thirty eight, then thirty seven. So obviously. That in turn, because there's less Ethereum out there in the world, would mean that the price of Ethereum would, in theory, go up because
0: of the supply uh-huh. demand. I see. Okay, so that's fascinating. Now, my next question, you've sort of alluded to already, was why are you deciding to put all your efforts into Cardano then? So we've heard why you prefer Cardano over Erythium, but there's so many cryptocurrencies out there at the moment. Why is Cardano the one that you've chosen to go in with, build your platform on, and build your NFTs on? Cardano's like a... How how do people explain it? They
1: they sort of say that it's a level level three or a third third series um crypto. So like number one was was Bitcoin, number two was Ethereum, and now you've got number three which which is like the um you've got like polka dot cardano and all these other ones and that basically they're seeing all the mistakes that these the first two made and they're actually realising that actually we can do stuff better and easier and quicker um cardano's very like, very much like science based and peer reviewed and stuff so there's lots and lots of white papers out there and when when they were first creating the whole the whole chain they had many many people sort of read up read about the chain kind of go through the the three, theoretical side of things and work out whether it'd be successful and whether it actually works or not rather than just plocking an idea out of your head yeah really cardano is is potentially could be the number one cryptocurrency in the world that's what i'm hoping for that's a bold um, statement to there it is a bold statement i think i think bitcoin has cemented itself as the digital gold so that will just be around forever but at one stage like we've done with our own currency in the real world no one's currency is now based on the gold standard so we've moved away from that so at the moment i guess crypto is kind of related to bitcoin in some respects but as we move forward, like 10 years, 20 years down the line, we'll pull away from Bitcoin and it will, Bitcoin will just be a, a piece of gold that will just be sat there. And the value probably wouldn't change much. It's going to stabilise a lot, I would say. There's probably a lot of volatility coming. But yeah, so really going back to what I think Cardano is the best one is they've got, they're still a brand new, brand new chain in the grand scheme of things. And they're they're on the 12th of September. So in 10 days' time, they're, they're doing a, um, a hard fork combinator, which means um, smart contracts are available. Which means we can then have um, things called um, decentralized apps, or DApps, as people call them. Which means a central server or a central person doesn't have control over what that asset or what your cryptocurrency does. Um, so you could, like, for example, you could sign. Let's let's say let's use CNFT as an example. You could sign your nft to say if this buyer pays me one ada for this asset i will allow this asset to instantly be sent to that buyer so you're already you're already agreeing the terms of that of that deal before it's actually been completed so you haven't got to do anything after that you just you just say yeah i'm i'm happy for that to go and then what will happen is it will be automated there's no server there's no like waiting around for anything it's and that that really is just a real simple term. Like these smart contracts can be um, can be massive, and I, I don't I probably I reckon very soon as well people will be buying houses with them, buying properties, buying businesses, the whole the whole thing. And um, Kadana has a smart contract um, converter. So what I can imagine happening as well is obviously it has smart contracts at the moment. As people sort of move away and explore other options, I suspect people from Ethereum would probably. Convert their smart contracts or their DApps into Cardano in some way, and that will then grow the chain even further. And that's what you're seeing at the moment, like these all-time highs all the time of Cardano. There's more and more people are coming to the blockchain. More and more people are realizing its potential, and it's undervalued at the moment. It's just hit three dollars, but that's still undervalued in my opinion. Um, It could hit could hit ten dollars by the end of the year.
0: Now, that's fascinating. Uh, we actually have some uh, Cardano in the British Online School Bank. So um, I do hope you're right there. Now, I like what you were saying about the smart contracts. So I'd recently heard Gary Vee mention something like that. And the one he was using is the idea of music artists selling their tickets with the use of smart contracts. So down the line, if anyone ever wanted to sell their ticket as sort of like as a collectible, so obviously like the programs or the ticket stubs, in future, he believes they're all going to be NFTs and then that even when people sell them on as collectibles in the future, the artist is still going to be making money from them as well. So that's sort of exactly the same sort of thing you were going along with, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Also, I, I guess there comes with a bit of security. How many times have you heard these horror stories about people buying tickets online and they've turned out to be fake, you've been turned away at the door? If it's an NFT connected to a smart contract as a ticket, that policy ID, you can... You can actually go on that website. You can check the policy ID matches, and you know for a fact that that ticket is genuine. You can pay for it, and also you'll know that the smart contract will will only a- execute if if it's right. So, really, we've gone on the days now of of paper and printers and stuff. Like, we, every single person has a computer in their in their hand, and unfortunately, people people are going to be left behind if they don't catch up. They're going to be left behind, and that's the harsh reality of of this world um we've seen it all we've seen it before like obviously the the generation in front of us obviously that they are getting left behind because all this technology is coming out but they don't have the time and patience to actually learn it and and want to know it and I, i don't blame them that's that's on them. that's fine but realistically the yeah the world the world's changing and really if if you're if you're looking if you're looking for a career that's gonna pay you lots of money, it will probably be some sort of something to do with IT in some respects, coding, crypto development, blockchain development. Like I've seen some news articles the other day, um Amazon are looking for blockchain developers.
0: No way. So Amazon could be entering hept- into the blockchain.
1: What what does that what does that mean? Does is Amazon looking to, to take crypto payments? as soon as amazon start you know well that everyone's going to start taking crypto
0: yeah a hundred percent i couldn't agree more with you and everything you're saying is sort of the ethos we're building this school on. we do believe everything is going to be online as well we believe everything is heading that direction hence why we're starting this school like the british online yeah. school and we i completely agree with everything you're saying i i think it's a fascinating subject and i and i think we're just at the beginning of it we've spoken before briefly and you you explained this uh blockchain as sort of being or the NFT market, especially like we're at the beginning of the dot-com bubble in regards to cryptocurrency 100%. and NFTs.
1: Hundred percent. We haven't even touched the surface
0: yet, and you you see
1: all the time the news saying the NFT bubble is going to burst. It's going to do this. I remember I remember seeing a picture of, of the newspaper when the internet come around, and they said the internet's here, but not here to stay. <laughs> now look, like we're talking over the internet. Rapidly, without any delay, yeah. any. You know what I mean? That that is our lives, and and people people are negative about things. I think people should get behind things because they, unfortunately, like you just say it, they're going to get left behind. So yeah, you you really need to just catch up. And maybe I could do a um a little talk to your students at one point about crypto and and things. That'd be fantastic. Seminars.
0: Yeah, that'd be fantastic, and uh, we can organize a Q and A where they can ask you different questions. Because yeah. um, that is definitely something we'd like to bring into the curriculum. But obviously, it's how do we fit that in. But stuff like that, sort of an extra activity of talking to crypto experts and um, people in the field, that's a fantastic idea. So um, we'll definitely take you up on that in the near future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we could even... Um, obviously, we've got our blockchain developers and um, other developers as well. So if they if they ever need expertise in that, that sort of area as well, I'm more than happy to lend
0: a hand. That's fantastic, really appreciate that. Right, um, so one last question uh, before I start diving into your educational background. What's next for cnft.io and The Professor? Okay, so what's next? Um, at the moment, The,
1: the Professor sort of, I um, focused on the CNFT platform, as you can imagine. It was a major, major task. It's the first ever, first ever marketplace of NFTs on, on the Cardano blockchain, and it's the only one still. Um
0: no one else would the check, you mentioned um Hoskinson as the creator of Cardano, but this hasn't been created alongside him at all, is it? This has all been done by you and your other two partners off your own a partners, sorry, off your own back and it's nothing to do actually with the official Cardano launch. This is all your own work, isn't it?
1: Yeah, of course. Because it is crypto related, obviously, yeah, Charles Charles Hoskinson was the or is the founder of Cardano, but he doesn't have because it's a fully decentralized network,
0: he doesn't have any control over, over the network, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, if I'm just yeah, going to so decentralized, I think that is one of the key things in the world right now. With stuff that's going on, with things we're hearing in the news, online, the fact that something could be decentralized and not owned by anyone is what's that saying made by the people for the people of the people? And I think that is yeah. a, a fantastic way forward. Um, yeah, sorry, carry on, but I just thought that was a good thing to highlight.
1: No, yeah. Well that I was reading an article this morning actually about um about the police in America and they um, they seized the man's assets. He got he got pulled over and then the police overstretched and seized this man's assets. And you just think you just kind of think if he was holding crypto, he wouldn't be having this problem. Yeah, what's there to he, take? These governments exactly they they overstretch the mark and where do, where does it stop um like I, I was reading that the um the UK want to create their own Brickcoin, Bitcoin, which is a which is a cryptocurrency, but it's going to be centralized with the Bank of England that is com- I'm completely against that and that goes against everything that the cryptocurrency world um, stands by. You can't have a cryptocurrency that's that's governed by a government it do- it just doesn't work it's it's silly. Yeah. Um, so obviously, there's been there's been no white papers about what the actual brick itself, as they're calling it, will do and, and how it works. So it, it's obviously a bit hard for me to pass a judgment, but that's what I can imagine. <laughs> if, if these these governments are going to have control over it, but yeah, sorry, what were we what were we saying? Yeah, we, we sort of got
0: off the question, didn't we? But I'll, I'll I'll repeat it. So what is next for CNFT.io? What's your next big project that's coming up? or the professor.
1: Right. Well, so at, at the moment on CNFTIO, we're growing exponentially. So sort of every single day we're seeing more, we are seeing record breaking numbers coming to our site. And obviously that entail then puts pressure on our servers and on our databases. And then we always have to explore options about, um, about growing. So we've already upgraded the servers once already, but this time, this has been the biggest jump. And at the moment, the the site isn't performing exactly how we'd like it to perform. So we have literally every single developer and every person we have working on a change to upgrade the database, which will then in turn mean that the database can be scalable to whatever the users um, are. So say for example, I don't know, there's a 1,000 people and then it jumps to 10,000 users at, at that second we need that database to be able to talk to all them 10,000 people instantly. And that's what we're just working on right now. We're, we're tidying up the code that we've written, some of the API calls that we we have. So like an API is when we, we talk to another server or a service and pull in, pull in an asset or pull in any text or details. So we're, we're tidying up all the code, we're going through the whole site. And that's that at the moment, that's the main priority. What we have sort of in the features list coming up is we, We are gonna build a um, a minting platform, so you can mint your NFTs directly on our site um, without knowing any code. And you can mint and list your NFT for sale directly. We're also um, creating something called um, Project Launchpad, which would be if someone has an NFT idea, uh, and they're an artist or they're a creator, then they will create their project and we'll, we'll help them along the way. Um, and then we'll, we'll basically, it'll be a vendor machine. So all they'll do is the the buyers will send that, send that ADA into the, the vendor machine and they'll randomly get back an NFT um, based on that project. So That's- the project can go off and do marketing and then obviously sell it directly on our platform um, as a launchpad to help people grow their NFT projects and brands. We also have, I'm just trying to think, um, yes, yeah, so we're going to be bringing offers out. So if you say if something's listed for a 1,000 ADA, uh, what we'll do is we will um, allow someone to offer, say for example, 800 um, ADA, and then the, the user or the seller can actually accept that offer. We're also gonna bring in um, bundled listings. So you can, if you have like multiple of the same project, you might wanna sell like three or four of the same kind of project NFTs as a bundle. Um, or do you know what you can even do, completely different nfts so it doesn't have to be the same project but you could do bundle listings as well so you can maybe you might be able to buy like four nfts in at one go we're also going to be bringing auctions as well so yeah we've, we've got lots and lots going on um and as for me as the professor we've got more and more designs coming out and we're hoping to get down to hydrogen by by sort of the end of the year and also we the lab that we're going to launch which is like an interactive nft game where you can put in your elements and put in your potions and put in other assets that you have and then it will spit a prize out so and that's kind of the the way that we're going at the moment just obviously working out the, the details and building the whole thing well that's yeah. great
0: and i know we're just touching the tip of the iceberg of what's going on with you with the festival the cnft with the nft blockchain I, I, we could talk about this for hours but I do need now to get down to the crux of it because I've heard you mention so many keywords. Lab. Um, I know you, your professor Kadani, is built on the periodic table. You've talked about um, paper reviews and research and all this sort of stuff. So it all sounds very educational what you are doing. So I have to ask now the important question: Do you feel your school education has helped you in creating what you have created to become such a success in it? Now, before you answer, I do just want to say when I. When I email anyone to join our podcast, I do ask them to answer this honestly. Because we know as a school, we can't teach everyone everything. Again, okay? lessons can be learned outside of the classroom. And actually, more lessons are usually learned outside of the classroom in the classroom. So don't feel, feel pressured. You have to sort of sell how brilliant school is. We do ask for an honest answer. So once again, do you feel your school education helped you become a success with NFTs and cryptocurrency? No. No. Okay. Please elaborate.
1: I guess I will say probably the school of YouTube helped me the most.
0: School of YouTube, right? Okay, go. Please go um, in depth more.
1: Because some sometimes school isn't for everyone. School isn't built for for every single person exactly the same way, it's it's impossible to to learn. But if you're online, you're more comfortable. You're at your own. You're in your own environment. You can chop and change these topics that you want to learn. If what you're learning isn't you, isn't isn't interesting to you you can go off and find a different lesson or a different video to watch and you'll always pick up you'll learn and then you can also do as well because sometimes when you're when you're in a classroom you're just being talked at sometimes you actually want to do the practical stuff as well while the person's talking and if, if it's online and you know you can you can pause the video you can do the things you need to do to learn as you go obviously some people might just take bit information in but other people might have to learn as they go so for me school school taught me the basics my own drive and ambition I guess um, to learn something new pushed me over over that kind of edge but I, I had no no ambition to learn learn English or to write or maths for example I, I, yeah obviously I can I know maths and stuff, and and that is from school. And of course, like I, I don't, I wouldn't be able to talk to you right now without school. But the the things that you do do after school, I think you learn after school.
0: You know. So from what I get from what you're saying is, it was actually the environment in school you didn't like that didn't help you learn. And everything you said about online learning, by the way, we didn't ask him to say that. that we this is all genuine, um, and it's not just to promote obviously what we're doing. But obviously, everything you said does sound very similar to what we're promoting but so it was the environment I guess yeah of
1: course
0: and that's yeah and this is one of the reasons
1: why I did agree to come on is I like what you guys have, have built and, and are doing if this was available to me when I was at school it probably would have benefited me a hundred times more than than just going to school sort of 8 eight thirty till 3 going to all these mandated classes but I don't know it, it just yeah it was just different for me like obviously the person sat next to me in class probably really enjoyed it and that's fine but yeah so I don't know what I'm saying like yeah i guess overall schools schools are good for the basic knowledge of of life um there's a few things that i think schools miss out on though is is literally like why is there not a a life lesson where it's like why they not teach you about loans overdrafts the the credit the how to get a mortgage you should be saving your money how 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 does your taxes work like in the uk how how much tax do you pay and what what are you going to be earning why is there a why is there twelve thousand five hundred pounds you're allowed to earn tax free? Like, what's national insurance? Where does that get spent? Like, what tax do you actually pay? Why, for me, that you just you just kind of get chucked into
0: this adult world and you have to be knowledgeable of that. But how?
1: Where do you learn that? I thought that's what school was for, right?
0: Yeah, uh, that is a, a common criticism um, as a teacher when I was in a. A real school with um, walls and doors and everything that we hear a lot of time from students, from students who return and from parents. So, yeah, it's a frustration. That's something we're looking to build here within our extracurricular activities. What I did think you were going to say, though, is an argument I've heard. Well, not even an argument, actually, but a fact is that actually with the way the um, technology is advancing at the moment, students and I think this was particularly true, especially when I was at school, Um, and I'm not not quite sure how it was for you, but we were actually getting ready preparing for jobs that weren't even invented yet. And I think we can see that, especially with the technologies we have now, but it seems we have very common argument that the students in school now, they'll be going on to do jobs with equipment, resources, and technologies that aren't even invented yet, that we don't even know what they're going to look like. And I think for what you're doing, um, I mean, no one would even have guessed what an NFT or cryptocurrency was when you were back at school
1: exactly how on earth would i be taught an nft or a blockchain and that's why schools should be for me they should be the basic understanding of of things like your maths your english your science all of that kind of stuff but then i guess that's probably why they say like obviously you then go off to university and you learn this but sometimes sometimes you've got to realize that is a degree worth it in some roles yes in other roles no like some of the wealthiest people on the planet dropped out of school bill gates richard branson elon musk like all these people like elon musk does this he he teaches his kids online
0: oh does he like literally I have to reach like, out. the richest man in
1: the world <laughs> exactly the richest man in the world doesn't send his kids to school he teaches them the way they want to be taught that says that sounds volumes to me
0: that's that's fascinating. Um, I must say that's something I didn't realise. Um, but no, I like to say I, I agree with everything you're saying and I like the fact you're saying that you do still need those basics, but actually the stuff you needed did come after school. And it just goes to show that any student who is out there at the moment, do not panic. Okay, do not panic just because you're leaving school doesn't mean your education's over, it doesn't mean if you failed, you've not got nothing laying in front of you. There's a big wide world waiting for you to learn as much as you want. So, Professor, you've touched on it a little bit um, and you mentioned a couple of things, but if you could pick one thing out of everything you've just said or maybe something you haven't said that you wish was taught to you in school that wasn't, what would that one thing be? Good question. The one thing I think should be
1: taught in school should be life lessons. should life. just be called life. <laughs> but, like Just life. Just when you leave school... This is what will happen. This is what you need to pay. You need to do this. You need to get a bank account. What's a bank account? You need to get a loan. You need to know what APR rates are. Like kids are leaving school at eighteen and they all college, and they're like, "What on earth is all of this?" Like, I have no idea. I'm just like, and also, you you've then got to rely on your parents to give you that information, or someone who's close to you to provide you that information. And if your parents aren't glued up on all of this stuff then you've, you've got an unfair advantage. So why don't they just level everyone up to be at the same knowledge base? And I'm pretty sure, I well, I pretty much guarantee it, any single high Street bank will bite the hand off the government or the Department for Education if they can walk in to, a, to every single school in the UK and sign up a child with a bank account and give them all the exact information that they need because then they've got every single child We're leaving school with a bank account, and their their accounts will be millions and millions, and they'll be making money from it, and they'll probably provide the education for free. So I've basically just solved this life lesson. (laughs) How do we pay for it? Like it's simple, really. Just just contract it out to a bank, but just literally just go to NatWest and say, "Can you go and teach every single kid in every single classroom in year say let's say year ten that you have a year of life lessons in year 10 about money and banks and loans and overdrafts credit and all of this stuff like car finance car insurance all of this stuff go out you can be the financial educator go out sign them up to a bank account so when they leave school they have a bank account they know exactly what they're doing and what their interest rates are and everything else will that will that not save save the country money in the long run as well like people are going to be educated so there's going to be less there there'll be less ccjs issued with people so because people won't get back into bad debt, they're gonna they will pay their debt off. So then there'll be less court fees, and then you know it's a whole round circle of it starts at education, uh, and that was never that's never given at school.
0: I, I love it, and this is why I think it's so important to start a podcast like this where we do talk about education because that is a whole new look on it. I mean, I know obviously being a maths teacher previously, I know that banks do run sim, uh, not similar courses but do run courses and free education like that but nothing quite as full on as that. And obviously that's, that's a whole new take on it. And, and this is why I do think this, this type of podcast needs to be out there, just putting these different ideas forward, giving people maybe a bit of inspiration to start something like that up. Because yeah, some people maybe watch this and thinking, well, that wouldn't work because of this, but it gets that conversation started. And like you said, that's the one thing you wish you were learning at school. And who knows how, how quick, more quickly you could have been successful if that was taught. But I think that's fascinating. And there's so much passion behind that. Maybe you should start that. Probably. Start a Cardano banking school.
1: <laughs> well, that's it. Like, if you, I, I, I'd probably uh, like, like to guess that probably 80% of the people watching this can probably relate to some sort of bad debt in their life where they haven't paid their credit card, they haven't paid a loan off, or they, they haven't realised what the sort of ramifications of not paying something back because credit really is is the key. Is if you have credit, you can then do things with your life. You can buy a house, you can buy a car, you can you know go along these roads. Where otherwise, if you have bad credit, you're not you're just going to have to rent somewhere, but it's going to be more expensive, and then you're going to have to live. You're going to be able to afford to move out and buy your own place, and then save money and have the things that you like.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I like that word you keep using there, bad debt, and then obviously talking about getting a house and a mortgage and stuff like that. Um, and not calling that bad debt. I think it's Robert Kawasaki, isn't it, from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who relates it as bad debt and good debt. And there's different things with each of them. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact you're not saying it all gets bad, but there is such a thing as bad debt. Yeah, if you don't pay it back, then it becomes bad debt. And that's when you have trouble, because then they're going to charge you for it. I think that's fascinating. And I'm sure there's 101 other things you have that you'd like to improve in the education system. But um, I know you're a very busy man. So, Professor whilst even though you say you didn't learn everything you needed at school, but you managed to the fundamentals, what would you say is your one fondest memory of your time when you were at school? So I think the
1: best, the best time I had was probably when I actually got in trouble. And <laughs> um, this was in, I can't remember what year it was. I'm going to say year, I think year eight or nine. And the school at this point had like blocked every single game uh, website. So like, Obviously, when you're in IT, you can't you can't load any websites to play games on. Obviously, when you're kids, that's what you want to do. So I thought, right, what I'm gonna do is is find out how how can I host a gaming website that people can have access to all these Flash games. This is when Flash was a thing back then, because obviously it's been discontinued now. And these these people can play games, and the school couldn't block my website. So every time they tried to, the the site would just change, and it would remain up for. For ages and I remember getting my first Google Analytics check and I think I made like maybe 49 pounds in the year for just hosting this game website because obviously I added adverts to it and that was my first ever experience of building a website and for me obviously my my life is on on the internet and for me building my first ever website is that's probably my fondest memory of what I done and I also built it at school so
0: yeah, that's, yeah that's it. So you, you had entrepreneur blood running through your veins even at that young age, building a website and making money whilst you slept or even whilst yeah. you attended school. Exactly. Brilliant. And one last question. You could give one piece of advice for those who are currently in school right now, either about to sit their GCSEs or just about to start secondary school in junior school. One piece of advice that could apply to all students across all years, what would that be? School is better than you think when you're
1: at when you're at school just in just enjoy it because it doesn't last for long and i i wish I wish that I could probably go back to school and do it all over again i'd do i'd maybe do things a little bit differently, but you get to spend time with your friends you see the people you like every single day um yes, you have to go to classes and stuff and learn stuff, but really that's not too bad it's only what are you doing nine till three it's not too long and then when you go into the big big world world like we were saying with these with these life lessons you've now got you've now got to manage your life and this it's not as fun as you think you look at these adults doing stuff they're all going through hard times they're all they've got no money they're doing nothing they're you know people are people are struggling so yeah just enjoy school while, while it's
0: there and while your life's easy because it might not seem easy right now but it actually is Nice. There you go. So one bit of uh, advice there from Professor. Enjoy school while you're there. So thank you very much for joining us. Where can people find you? Uh, What social media platforms and what is your social media handles? So
1: um, you can follow me on Twitter is my most active place, Professor Cardano. You can also find me on Discord, Instagram. ProfessorCardano.com is my website. You can see an interactive table of elements. You can see all the elements that are linked to the NFTs. And also, cnft.io is my marketplace um, that I shared with a couple of other people. And you can um, follow them on Instagram, or oh, sorry, Twitter, which is cnft underscore io. Um, and then also, if you look at
0: the footer, there's loads of other social links there on the CNFT website. Fantastic. We didn't even get to touch on why your NFTs are based on the periodic table, which is most probably the most educational thing about your thing, but we had so much other stuff to talk about. I think that was fascinating. Exactly. All the professor and uh, cnfts.io's links will be in the bio below. Um, If you've enjoyed this conversation, do be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you're interested in enrolling either yourself or your child into the British Online School, please do visit our website or contact us either through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or our emails. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and have a fantastic day.